welcome and thank you for joining us this afternoon. We at the Advent are one church family gathering today from many locations, and we're grateful to have you with us. If you've not already done so, please download a bulletin for this service at adventbirmingham.org slash worship. Blessed be our God, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you and with thy spirit. Let us pray. Almighty God, we beseech thee graciously to behold this thy family, for which our Lord Jesus Christ was contented to be betrayed and given up into the hands of sinners and to suffer death upon the cross, who now liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost ever, one God, world without end. Amen. A reading from the book of Isaiah. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid their faces as he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who, who considered that he was cut off of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people, and they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, 
he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We'll read Psalm 22, verses 1 through 21 in unison. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And are so far from my cry and from the words of my distress. O my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not answer. By night as well, but I find no rest. Yet you are the Holy One, enthroned upon the praises of Israel. Our forefathers put their trust in you. They trusted, and you delivered them. They cried out to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not put to shame. But as for me, I am a worm and no man, scorned by all and despised by the people. All who see me laugh me to scorn. They curl their lips and wag their heads, saying, He trusted in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, if he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me out of the womb and kept me safe upon my mother's breast. I have been entrusted to you ever since I was born. You were my God when I was still in my mother's womb. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many young bulls encircle me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open their jaws at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart within my breast is melting wax. My mouth is dried out like a potsherd. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth, and you have laid me in the dust of the grave. Packs of dogs close me in, and gangs of ugadors circle around me. They pierce my hand and my feet. I count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. They cast lots for my clothing. Be not far away, O Lord. You are my strength. Hasten to help me. Save me from the sword, my life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth my wretched body from the horns of wild bulls. I will declare your name to my brethren. A reading from the Epistle to the Hebrews. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, 
but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. The passion of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man! When the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, And according to that law, he ought to die because he has made himself the son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it has been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement, and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he, he, delivered, them over to, he delivered him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and he went out, bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, 
the king of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them in four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one place from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he, has, he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, they will look on him whom they have pierced. Let's pray together. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we come to you now uh, scattered. And Lord, uh, remembering an event that took place 2,000 years ago, but in spite of our current circumstances, 
In the distance between this great life-changing event and today, we pray that by Your Spirit our hearts would comprehend just what it all means. In Jesus' name, amen. It is an often overlooked detail where it is that Jesus was crucified, where we take it for granted that this place, Golgotha, is where Romans executed criminals. The Bible sees it as a place of divine destiny. It doesn't skip over the fact of where it is. It's mentioned in all of the Gospels. It's mentioned elsewhere in the Bible. And even this afternoon, we hear from God's Word in John chapter 19 that they took Jesus and went, and when He went out, bearing His own cross, to the place of a skull, which is an Aramaic, Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified Him, and with Him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Jesus was crucified outside of the city of Jerusalem, which is hard to believe today if you were to visit Jerusalem. In fact, the hill, Golgotha, is now underneath of a church and really is at the very center, at the heart, in the old city of Jerusalem. And it's very hard for your mind to comprehend just what it might have looked like in Jesus' day. But the Bible tells us that it wasn't at the center of the city, but it was outside of the city that Jesus was crucified. And this is an important fact. And I want us to dwell on that this afternoon. Why it is that Jesus was crucified outside of the city and what that means for you and me. Jesus was crucified outside of the city because the holiest place in Jerusalem was the temple. Jerusalem itself is considered holy. Elsewhere in the Scriptures, God says that it is a holy city, a holy place. And what does it mean that something is holy in the Bible? It means that it is set apart for a specific purpose a venue for encountering the living God. Holiness is not inherent or objective, but subjective in that it is being used by God for a purpose. God had a purpose for the temple, and God had a purpose for the city of Jerusalem. Because God set apart the temple for the important and vital work of sacrifice and worship, it could not be defiled. Jerusalem itself must not be defiled. So any refuse, anything that is undesirable, anything that would defile the people of God or His holy city must be cast out of it. Jesus was crucified outside of the city, treated as refuse, something that could not dwell in God's holy places. In the Old Testament, animals that were sin offerings were often gotten rid of outside of the city because they too 
as sin offerings had to be taken out. Hear what the author of Hebrews says in chapter 13, beginning with the 11th verse. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside of the camp. Sin is so serious that the body of the animal was not only destroyed, but removed, killed, burned, and the ashes taken away. And so when the high priest went into the temple and went into the Holy of Holies on that great day of atonement to sprinkle blood upon the mercy seat, so serious was his task that they would tie a rope around his ankle in case he were to die. For the very atonement of sins was on the line for the Jewish people. And that animal that was sacrificed for the sins of the nation, after being sacrificed, after being burned, its remaining presence in Jerusalem would defile the city, and so it was taken outside of the city. Outside is where God is not. Outside is for the vile, the sinful, the rejected, the unrighteous, the thief, the blasphemer, the sexually immoral, the cheats, anyone and anything that is not, it is not what God would want would defile God's holy place and must be cast out. And if we're honest, you and I are outside of the city too. I think you and I are probably feeling this more acutely right now. During this time of self-quarantine, when you're left to yourself, you get to know yourself, and you're not happy with who you really are. Because to be outside of the city is to be exposed. That's exactly what happened to Jesus. He was stripped of his clothes. A crown of thorns was placed on his head. He carried his own cross outside of the city to the hill called Golgotha. And there he was nailed upon the cross, exposed for the world to see. Exposed for the world to taunt. There was no hiding from him, for him. To be outside is to be exposed. In the city, you and I can blend in. You know, apart from the time that we're experiencing now of quarantine, if things get too rough around the house, we can go to work to avoid our spouses. We can blow off steam by going to the gym. In the busyness of the city, you can hide. But outside of the city, there's no hiding. And as much as we might try right now to find little shelters and to create little shelters of our own lives in this time of quarantine, that we might try to run and hide ourselves in a bottle of liquor or immerse ourselves in pornography or to try to socially and emotionally distance ourselves from our own family, Because to be too close to them and even to be left alone with ourselves is simply too much. 
Because when you're outside of the city, you cannot hide. And God sees you as you are. And so what does God do when He sees you outside of the city? How does He react? This which would defile His temple, this person who would defile the very city of Jerusalem, what is His response to those of us who find ourselves outside of the city? When we're cast out of the city, does God shut the gate? Are we left to ourselves? No, God does the unthinkable. He Himself places Himself outside of the city. He takes up residency amongst the unforgivables. And Jesus becomes the vilest of them all. God made him who knew no sin to become sin. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And so that's where God is. In the Lord Jesus Christ, God himself has come to where we are outside of the city Those of us who know ourselves all too well, but God knows better than even we do, and know that we cannot stand in the presence of a holy God. And so He comes to meet us. And it turns out that you can only meet God outside of the city. Where are you to be cleansed? Outside of the city. Where are you made holy? Outside of the city. Where are you saved? Outside of the city. Where are you reconciled to God? Outside of the city. It is upon this hill called Golgotha that is outside of the city that you are reconciled to God. And you're made his son. You're made his daughter. Jesus is crucified outside of the city so that we might enter the new city that he has prepared for us. The author of Hebrews continues, So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. The cross of Jesus Christ is the key that unlocks the gate to this new city for you and for me. And only those who come from outside of the city may come in. For that's the way that Jesus makes for us to come in. And we approach this new city with great boldness because we know who has gone before us, the Lord Jesus Christ. And there we will find sinners welcomed 
For now a city has been made for those who once dwelled outside of the city. Let us pray. Our God and Heavenly Father, You made a way where there seemed to be no way. Lord, we're citizens living outside of the city walls, naked, exposed, left to ourselves, but you in your mercy sent your Son into the world in order that he might die for us outside of the city and so reconcile us to you and to gather us up and to make us citizens of this new Jerusalem. O Lord, we pray that we would make our way in haste to the foot of your cross, that we would go to this hill, Golgotha, and we would see our ransom, our reward, the very key that unlocks the gate of heaven, that we might enter in and find our new home with he who was crucified outside of the city, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.
Dear people of God, our Heavenly Father sent His Son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved, that all who believe in Him might be delivered from the power of sin and death and become heirs with Him of everlasting life. We pray, therefore, for people everywhere according to their needs. Let us pray for the Holy Catholic Church of Christ throughout the world, for its unity and witness and service, for all bishops and other ministers and the people whom they serve, for Key, our bishop, and all the people of this diocese, for all Christians in this community, for those who are about to be baptized, that God will confirm his church in faith, increase it in love, and preserve it in peace. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, receive our supplications and prayers which we offer before you for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you. Through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. Let us pray for all nations and peoples of the earth and for those in authority among them, that by God's help they may seek justice and truth and live in peace and concord. Almighty God, kindle, we pray, in every heart the true love of peace and guide with your wisdom those who take counsel for the nations of the earth that in tranquility your dominion may increase until the earth is filled with the knowledge of your love. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for all who suffer and are afflicted in body or in mind, for the hungry and the homeless, the destitute and the oppressed, for the sick, the wounded and the crippled, for those in loneliness fear, and anguish for those who face temptation, doubt, and despair, for the sorrowful and bereaved, for prisoners and captives and those in mortal danger, that God in his mercy will comfort and relieve them and grant them the knowledge of his love and stir up in us the will and patience to minister to their needs. Gracious God, the comfort of all who sorrow, the strength of all who suffer, let the cry of those in misery and need come to you, that they may find your mercy present with them in all their afflictions, and give us, we pray, the strength to serve them for the sake of him who suffered for us, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for all who have not received the gospel of Christ, for those who have never heard the word of salvation, for those who have lost their faith, for those hardened by sin or indifference, for the contemptuous and the scornful, for those who are enemies of the cross of Christ and persecutors of his disciples. 
for those who in the name of Christ have persecuted others, that God will open their hearts to the truth and lead them to faith and obedience. Merciful God, creator of all the peoples of the earth and lover of souls, have compassion on all who do not know you as you are revealed in your Son, Jesus Christ. Let your gospel be preached with grace and power to those who have not heard it. Turn the hearts of those who resist it and bring home to your fold those who have gone astray, that there may be one flock under one shepherd, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us commit ourselves to God that by the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, we may be accounted worthy to enter into fullness of the joy of our Lord and receive the crown of life in the day of resurrection. O God of unchangeable power and eternal light, look favorably upon your whole church, that wonderful and sacred mystery, by the effectual working of your providence, carry out in tranquility the plan of salvation. Let the whole world see and know that things which were cast down are being raised up, and things which have grown old are being made new, and that all things are being brought to their perfection by him through whom all things were made, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are most welcome today at our Good Friday service. Very glad that you're able to join us through uh, the medium of the internet for this uh, service. We hope that you can gather with us again via the internet on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. as we celebrate uh, the Lord's resurrection over the grave, and you can get on our website and join us that way and hope that you will be able to join us. Although we don't have people here who are able to take up uh, an offering, it's been our tradition for the past several years to have the Good Friday offering go to support the ministry of Christ Church in Jerusalem, which is an Anglican congregation within the old city of Jerusalem. And so if you would please, uh, if you'd like to send in a check, simply note that it is for the Good Friday offering, uh, or if you give online, hopefully there's a way to indicate there, and you can do that at adventbirmingham.org slash give. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, and offering and sacrifice to God.
Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, we pray Thee to set Thy passion, cross, and death between Thy judgment and our souls, now and in the hour of our death. Give mercy and grace to those who put their trust in Thee. To Thy holy church, peace and concord, and to us sinners, everlasting life and glory. For with the Father and the Holy Spirit, thou livest and reignest, one God, now and forever. Amen.
Oh, oh, oh.